That was um, Flathead. Flathead is uh, uh, my uh, all-time new, uh, my my latest new favorite band. It's a uh, they're like a local. There's a lot of there's a lot of great artists in the um, uh, Greater Phoenix area. That um, some go on like the Gin Blossoms are from here. Um, mm. Who is it? Who did that song about? Uh, hey, everything's okay. It just takes some time. Yeah, they're from they're from Phoenix. They're from Phoenix. That was a foster to people. They did this. The song about shooting people. Yeah. Yeah. Great song about shooting people. Great song. When you look at the history of shooting people songs. It's not the best shooting people song, but it's one of the best shooting people songs. So what, Michael Longfellow, is the best shooting people song? The best shooting people song? Uh, uh, It's just something my uncle sings around the old Thanksgiving table. Which is? And you got a gun and you're having fun. Try to keep it cool. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. I will tell you what I think is the... Uh, That's just a paraphrase. Okay, I can tell you two that I think are the great shooting people songs. Mm. Is a Tell Me Why I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats. And later on, Bob Geldof is the guy who put together all the Live Aid concerts. But it's a song. There was a girl in San Diego who was in ninth grade who one day came to school and just started popping caps off in people. Oh, that's how it happened. And uh, they ran, there was a phone in whatever room she was in. She was nine? No, she was in ninth grade. Oh, in the ninth grade. And, uh, and the uh, uh, cops called her and said, why are you doing this? She goes, I don't know. Don't like Mondays. So mm, uh, Bob Geldof. That is not as fun of a song anymore. No, <laughs> no. So, it fit uh, a lot better. It's a cool song. Yeah. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. So that was a cool song. I mean, as far as songs about shooting people. And also, uh, way back, a guy named uh, Harry Chapin, who wrote the uh, Cats in a Cradle song. You know that song? Cats in a Cradle and a Silver Spoon. He wrote it, and uh, then he died in a car crash on the New Jersey Turnpike. But his uh, initial, uh, uh, he got an original notice in the early 70s writing a song called The Sniper about Charles Whitman, who in 1965 climbed up in a tower at the University of Austin, Texas, and started Uh, shooting people. Yeah, I know about that one. That uh, turned into a, a really good Mark Wahlberg movie, too. Was it a Mark Wahlberg movie? Well, I think that was the shooter, but he primi- primarily used snipers. You know, I really hate to say it, but Mark Wahlberg makes some really good movies. Mark Wahlberg, well, I don't hate to say it. He's a, an amazing, incredible man that deserves the respect and the because at my that he at my age, he came along after I was already an adult as Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's true. I was not here for Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I was only here for Boogie Nights on up. But yeah. And Boogie Nights, uh, uh, you know, I lived in the Valley when all that was going on. A friend of mine was in that movie. So um, uh, Thomas Jane, who played, you know, the guy. Let's see. Which one to see? The guy with the big mustache when they go to rob the, uh, the, the rich guy who's up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the one going. He's, he's the guy who instigates it. He was later on in movies like The Punisher. Oh, wow. He had a, he had a Showtime. He's a big deal in that movie, yeah. He is a big deal, yeah. He's, uh, um, he, he's quite an actor, but I knew him when he was starting out. He was uh, a buddy of mine was his mentor. So I don't know what the hell we're talking about now. Oh, you know, here's, you know what? Let's Boogie just, Nights. Boogie Nights. It was on last night. Was it? Yeah. When isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's on like a lot. like the mean girls of raunchy film. There are certain movies where I just go, if I could just catch this particular scene. Mm-hmm. So if I could catch that scene when they're up at Alfred Molina's house. What movies will you watch to finish no matter what point you tune in on? Uh, the Godfather. The Godfather. 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 Just, no matter when you tune in, you'll finish the Godfather. Godfather. Godfather Two. Goodfellas. Oh man! Well, often Godfather Two comes on right after Godfather, so that's like a five-hour commitment you're making. We well, you know what they did last week. It was a seven and a half hour yeah, commitment. Yeah, exactly. Because they put them together in chronological order. Mm-hmm. I uh, um, I didn't really care for it. 
Because what they did was they were a lot of little scenes that aren't that weren't in the the final edit of the original uh, films mm-hmm. were put in, and um, sometimes it felt like it didn't um, it didn't clarify the story, it muddied the story. Whatever they were able to do, if you look at another movie from 1972 or 1974, and there were some good movies then, but the majority of them, you watch movies from that time, you go, "Wow, this is really dated. This is really silly. Uh, uh, I can't believe that they thought this was." A, and I mean, big movies. And they seem really dated. Um, was it us talking about that the other day? The uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Terrible, we, terrible, terrible film. Well, those guys were just all coked out of their oh skulls. Oh, my God. It was, yeah. I remember being so good when I was younger. Yeah, I remember coming out and going, and everybody goes, this is a good movie. And I go, you know, I'm high. But this is a <laughs> terrible movie. But those two I'll watch to the end. But it, like it, Pulp Fiction, if I can catch the dance sequence between Uma Thurman and John Travolta. Oh, yeah. When they're, uh, they're at the... Uh, um, the uh, uh, souped-up Johnny Rockets, you know. There's something so, and I I, I watched um, Quentin Tarantino explain one time where he got the whole idea for that dance sequence it's from a cartoon he saw when he was a kid, where a cat and a bulldog were were dancing. Not Quentin. He had something else. He has stories. Have you seen The Hateful Eight? No, I have not seen The Hateful Eight yet. I saw The Revenant though. On yeah. Yeah. Was that good with the Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, yeah, that was good. Sex with it's a bear? Not, that was not a good. He does not have sex with a bear. I don't know how that Spoiler got started. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio does not have sex with a bear. People saw Leo and a bear roughing it up, and they did not think bear attack. They actually thought Leo's having sex with this bear. He does take the bear. Well, I don't want to spoil. He anything. takes the bear. Uh, he just if you leave the sentence for there. sake of not spoiling anything, I'm going to have to leave it. And he takes the bear. I don't think you can spoil anything in that movie. Does he die in the end? Hmm. I can't tell. I, how is that not a spoiler? Tell me. I want to know. I'm not gonna, I, it's not you I'm worried about. It's all of the people. <laughs> all it's the, the people. thousands <laughs> upon thousands of people listening to this, Tony. Yeah. They still you, have not would, seen the Revenant. Would you recommend the film? I would recommend the film. If, yeah? Yeah. Is but it not good, as like a date film. Has it got like a cool soundtrack? Uh, yeah, it's got a pretty good soundtrack. From Johnny it's Cash. very tunes? good uh, scenery. and Tom Hardy's in it, too. Yeah, he is. Who I, I think is an incredible actor. He's the best. You don't realize how good of an actor he is until you watch, um, uh, what was that movie he made about revenueers, moonshiners? Uh, Batman. Back, no, 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 back in the night. Batman? Yeah, I that's him in Batman, Batman, right? Yeah, I think that's his. That's him. No, there was a movie he made with uh, um, uh, Shia LaBeouf. I would Shia change my name LaBeouf. if that was my name. Where they were like moonshiners in the 30s. Oh, I didn't see that one. He was fantastic in it. I want to see he that. Was, he, as the older brother, the kind of just walks out and goes. Rrr. That's kind of what he does in this movie. He's kind of like the, uh, the. He's always, you know, he's the rougher yeah. character. He's the stern yeah. one. But then he made a movie. I can't remember the name of any of his movies. It's with James Galdafini, where they play a couple of guys that own a bar, and they were like mm-hmm. the tough guys in town, but now it's been taken over by the Russian mob. And he's his his ability to create a character that is completely different is so subtle. It's not like, and I'll put on a crazy wig and a mustache, and I'll gain thirty pounds. Just something he does, and you believe every... Lawless. What mm-hmm. was it? Lawless was the first one. Lawless. Yeah, he was great in Lawless as Didn't the older he? brother. The kind that walks out and goes, if you don't leave here by the time I say three, I'm going to shoot you. And you believe it. you know. Yeah. And, and then uh, what was the movie um, with James Galdafini? I've got the producer looking up. Great movie, uh, The Drop. The Drop. The Drop. Yeah, and, and uh, there's a, I could give a spoiler alert in that. About his character, but I won't. But if you want to see... Uh, I'm not going to see it. You can go ahead and do it. No, no, no. For the thousands of people That's listening. True. I want you to watch the drop, and, and I want you to have the joy of the surprise. 
Is there like a big surprise in, in The Revenant where it turns out that it was all a dream? He just in a shower someplace? No, there is nothing like that. Uh, you, you can tell pretty much where the film's going, the entire film, but that's not, like a surprise is not Is it mostly Leonardo intention. and a bear? It is hardly any Leonardo and a bear. That is a very brief part of it. But it sets up the rest of the film. Happens in the beginning. Is Leonardo in the movie? Except for is he just like in the opening oh, scene? Oh, he is the main character of the film. Are him? Are he and Tom Hardy buddies? They, it, it uh, it's a relationship that sours. You could. There are more partnerships. They're in it for pelts. That's how they. they they're in it pelt for pelts. Uh, Everything what? in that movie is for pelts. They're always talking about pelts. And uh, Leo is kind of like the guy that can get everyone around and you know make sure they don't get killed by a bunch of people. Native Americans generally uh, in this film, and then Tom Hardy is a guy who just he just he's just wanting these pelts, and he's gonna do what he has to he's do. He's just a pelt wonder. He's the guy where everyone's like, no, everyone's you know we're all dying. Let's leave the pelts. Tom's like the guy that's like still carrying the pelts, even though it's uh, it's it's a risk. Oh, uh, yeah. You know what this sounds like? Hmm. Um, there was a movie. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna see the movie. Uh, I'll see it when it's on cable. But um, we don't we don't. American Ultra with Jesse Eisenhower? No. <laughs> that there was a movie called The Treasure of Sierra Madre uh, with Humphrey Bogart. Now, I'll watch that all the way to the end. Oh, okay. Uh, Humphrey Bogart and jo- uh, Walter Houston, directed by one of the great American directors. Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart. Uh, it's the one where, you know, do you know the line, badges, we don't need no stinking badges? You ever heard that? No. Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes from that movie. And the movie's now about... you said it that second way, I, <laughs> badges. I, I recognize it. <laughs> if you're in a federalities, so show me your badges. Badges? <laughs> we don't have no badges. We don't need no stinking badges. Mm. Um, that's a great film. And it was a film about greed and about obsession and how uh, greed sometimes... It, 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 that greed leads to you having absolutely nothing. And I, it sounds like The Revenant is... Um, is possibly similar to that. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely some of that. It's more of just a, a revenge tale. I like revenge. Yeah, revenge. I enjoy revenge. Revenge I is do. sweet. Yeah, it is. Have you ever taken revenge on anyone? Have I ever taken revenge on anyone? I've wanted to, but I don't know that I've had the means to really inflict like a big revenge. Uh, you know, you you know what I think your revenge is is that you are uh, so funny. You know, so uh, um, uh, you are, man. You're you're very funny. You're not as funny as you're going to be. You know, oh, you. but you are uh, you are uh, uh, funny now. You um, you got the goods. As long as you don't fuck up, you'll do okay. Right, uh, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> as long as I just don't fuck it up. <laughs> that's got You know, I've actually given people the kind of advice when you go on stage, where I'm just kind of in a silly mood, and they come up and they go, "Got any advice?" I go, "Yeah." Don't fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Or, it's a huge deal. Yeah, it is a huge deal. You can fuck it up easily. It is a huge deal. Uh, I've watched you a lot. I've watched you since the beginning, and um, uh, and now uh, everybody in town knows who you are. Everybody says positive things about you. And how long have you been doing it now? How long would you say you've been doing it? I've been doing it over three years, but I don't know my – maybe even four. I, I know that I'm coming up on four, but yeah. I never – I don't remember my first show or – I remember my first show, but I don't remember the day it was or even sure. the month. So I just remember it was cold. Whenever that ends, I count, count it as an anniversary. Okay, whenever it's cold, you go yeah. sometime and around When it's the- done being cold, yeah. I say I got another year under my belt. You're a little young for that, going, I don't know when it was. I, yeah. It I, was the winter. <laughs> I hate those stories. Yeah. I hate all of the first, you know, and it was my friends dared me to do it. No, oh, I, yeah. I, I, my first, our first show, my first show was with you. That's right. I don't it's remember not, it. Yeah, uh, it was, no. uh, I hardly. I, you know, I, you know, it's funny because I remember looking up 
because I work with I work with a lot of newer comics, you know, and uh, and and I watch and I'll pay attention and listen, you know, which is you know I like doing it. It's, I, I, people don't understand that about what I do. Is that you go, why do you? Because I can make the same amount of money doing something else. Mm-hmm. I don't think people get that. Oh, I could too. And yeah. that's tough to say. Yeah, but I like doing what I'm doing. And one reason I like it is all of a sudden you kind of look up and go, hey, what did I just hear? What did he just say? Wait, what's he doing out there now? And you see that spark, and we kind of saw that with you. And uh, other people are seeing it as well. As a matter of fact, someone else saw it, and uh, they're going to put you on uh, on the television. Oh, the television. Yeah, the television. They are uh, on the TV. And the information that I have, and we always know this can all change. I've been. Mm-hmm. I, I used to go with people over to uh, the Tonight Show when they were getting ready to do their Tonight Show shot, and at the last minute, have the producer run in the room and go, uh, "We got to bump you because um, Alan Arkin just told a crazy story, and Johnny's laughing." Uh, or, or Jim Hanna, the bird. The bird. Bur- if I had a nickel for every time Arkin came yeah, on and took he my screws time, screws things up. His own son hates him. Um, <laughs> But the information that we have is that February 24th. That's you, the information I was told, yes. Yeah, you're going to be on Laughs. Laughs on Fox Television Fox. Network. Which uh, airs locally in the greater Phoenix area at 1030. That's right. Now, it's not. I don't know how, what time it airs in L.A. or New York. Or, no idea. No. no. And you know what? I don't care. I don't. Yeah. I'm you, not going to watch it. You're not going to watch it? Wow, no. No. You're going to be out. Yeah, I'm going to be, you know. You'll be drinking and taking dope and... Doing weird things. Yeah, um, all of those, all three of those things. A lot of shows like that actually live on. Look, when I when I was a kid, man, show was on. You had to see it when it was on. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you missed it, you get to see it in summer reruns. Well, that's one time. now everything lives on the internet forever, so that's nice. Yeah, which is good and bad. I just had my first internet experience where uh, I did a taping, and they they edited and put it into clips, and they did one, and the response was great. Great comments, loved it. You know, very funny. And then the next video they did, first comment was just like, weak, no, thank you. He looked really bad. It was, it really? was two minutes in the set, in your eight-minute set, where it was like, God, six out of those eight minutes were so good. There's yeah. no way that they'll put on the two minutes that weren't good where I forgot my lines for a second. They did, that one. And I'm hoping for a third video because there's four more minutes in that set that still have not Now, what is this? Day, what are you talking about? This was a taping in uh, at the Ice House. In, oh, in, in Pasadena. LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. awesome. It was amazing. Very lovely That's, uh, people. Bob Fisher's deal, I think. Did you? It, it was Bob Fisher. I didn't talk to Bob Fisher. Did you talk to Elaine? Talk to Jan. Jan, you talked to Jan. Jan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jan Smith. Awesome. Jan mm-hmm. Smith is awesome, man. Jan Smith uh, at one time, and still is, but maybe not as much now, was responsible for helping launch more careers. He had an incredibly influential club in West L.A. Mm. Uh, called Igby's. 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 And, I mean, it was, where, it, was, it was where the industry would come to watch comics when somebody decided they were ready. Because yeah. they, they wouldn't go to uh, – uh, they, they would, there would be arguments between them and the clubs on Sunset and the clubs on Melrose and Comedy and Magic was too far away. But if they wanted to see a guy do a full set, do a full hour, mm-hmm. so they could really look at him – it was Igby's, you know, that Hicks did uh, his hour. One of the, probably one of the most famous hours. Bill Hicks did it, and the word throughout the town the next day was, "He's a genius, funny guy ever, funniest guy I ever saw." I don't see a sitcom. Mm. So, um, uh, Bill I, Hicks. Bill Hicks. I saw Scheidner there the first time I saw him do an hour. So Jan has been uh, very influential in helping a lot of people, and I kind of like, I do like what he's doing at the Ice House Annex. What's the name of that? It's Comedy Time. 
Comedy Time. Comedy Time. He's, YouTube it. Find me. Yeah, you can be Comedy Time. Look for Michael Long. Do you go by Mike or Michael? I usually go by Michael. You always go by Michael. I'm the contractor, not the construction worker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, he's a, you should YouTube it. Good stuff. And uh, um, a lot of people have gotten their first. Is it is it a one camera shoot, three camera shoot? Um, it's a single camera shoot, but it's v- like very well done. It looks it looks good, and they edit it nicely, and it even has like a sponsor load up at the beginning. So sure, it looks super, super. That's good. for a lot of people. Uh, that is their first time where they're putting together something that would be for television. Yeah. You know, uh, even though it's 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 an internet based show, it's the first time that a lot of comics who did open mic nights and have been opening for people or maybe doing some club work, you know, touring where they got to do six to eight minutes that's going to represent them. Mm-hmm. But you see, he did one where everybody was cheering. and Just, uh, just yeah, one, like, three-minute, four-minute clip. It was great, great response. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next one was just not as good of a response. They were nice people, of course. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't the heat I was looking for, Tony. Do you know this? I don't know if you know. That's I, the Internet, though. It's the Internet for you. Because... Um, it's interesting. Uh, one of the, one of the great consider one of the great stand up performances of all time is Richard Pryor's Live on the Sunset Strip. It's the red suit show where he's wearing a red suit, and uh, he made it after he had uh, went through his free base addiction after he'd set himself on fire mm. and all this stuff. And he came back, and it was um, it really helped launch the uh, stand up comedy boom, relaunch it. Really, uh, that everybody was then really fascinated by stand up comedy. Everybody loved uh, Richard Pryor was already a huge star. But Live on the Sunset Strip is considered one of the best comedy, stand-up comedy performances of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, 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 if you listen to old Richard Pryor albums, like I, I got albums of his from like the 70s and stuff, you go, oh, wow, people are just redoing his stuff, man. His take on race and drugs. That's what I'm and, doing. Yeah. So, uh, what's that? I'm just stealing Pryor. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, Damon Wayans said one time, he said, if you're not stealing from Richard Pryor, you're not funny. Mm. But I don't agree with that. <laughs> I got to brush up on my Wayans quotes. <laughs> but uh, here's which one of those, which one of the Wayans said that? There's Damon? so many Wayans. There's, there's at least four. Yeah, there's more than that. There's, Are there more Wayans than that? Yeah, there's the, there's the female Wayans. Is there enough for a Boy Scout troop of Wayans, should they want to do it? There's enough for a good jazz combo, I'll tell you that. Great jazz combo. Yeah, not a big band. Couldn't put together a big band. Who's the front man in that combo? Uh, Keenan would still be the front man. Keenan's now you know Keenan would produce. Okay. Because how many? Let's count the weigh-ins. Okay. Well, there's uh, there's Damon. Damon. Keenan. Keenan. Marlon. Marlon. Tito. No, that's a Jackson. That's a Jackson. Tito Jackson. Yeah. Marlon, and Marlon's brother. Marlon's brother. And they always do stuff together. The white chicks and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they do all that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the girl. Who is the girl? There's a girl weigh-ins. Oh, I don't know her. Yeah. She's like, you know what she's like? She's like gummo marks. A lot of people don't know that there were, there, was, there were the three Marx brothers everybody knows. Oh, you know, uh, there's a gummo Marx? No way. There were, yeah, there was a Zeppo, too. There were two other, there were two other Marx brothers. And in some of the early Marx brothers films, gummo's um, in the films. But both of those guys went on. One of them went on to become an agent and married a beautiful woman and moved, and then had a house right next to Frank Sinatra, and Frank Sinatra stole his wife. So um, Is that so? By, yes, Barbara Marks. God happens. Yeah. Sean Wayans. Sean Wayans. Sean Wayans. Sean Wayans. He's the only white one of the four. I got into a slight five. Twitter feud with one one time a few years ago. <laughs> and, it went out, but I, and I don't do that. But And he was saying something. I go, wait a minute, which Wayans? A few years ago, it was like right at the 
beginning of Twitter. Right, right too, at the beginning. So yeah, I said, we got to get on this thing, you're Twitter. You're already fighting with people on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I, but I stopped all that because I have this now. And I actually wrote, I go, which way-ins are you? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, oh, that's cold. And I, and I thought, I don't, I don't want to get in a good Twitter fight with a way-ins. Um, Who does? Somebody might, but not me. So you uh, you were on Comedy Time, and now you're going to be on Laughs. And I think Laughs is cool because, you know, the original idea behind Laughs was what if we took everybody's YouTube clips mm-hmm. and put them on regular broadcast television? Yeah, pretty much. And then they realized that what they were going to have to do or, or, uh, to have a good show was uh, have that concept, that YouTube concept, only they're going to have to shoot people doing it. Mm-hmm. Not shoot them like what we were talking about earlier, like... Yeah, no, like, this is the, it was like a real, them. like, three-camera cords everywhere, wear a, a shirt without a bunch of yeah. stuff on it. A lot of Shooting. extra lights. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Guys was running really, around with headphones really, really, really on and cool. stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Crowds they usually were kind are... enough to, to, to put it up. They're going to put it up. You shot it at... Um, to the Laugh Factory. The, La- the Scottsdale yeah. Laugh Factory. Yeah. yeah. Paul Hopp. Paul Hop, Paul Hop was uh, is a great guy. He's he he's no longer with the firm. He's moved on to do other stuff independently. That's, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, they got uh, Joey's down there and Harry Basil. They're running. Joey, very cool guy too. Joey's a great guy. That's a great club. We're gonna have uh, um, Joey Medina will be there, and then I, Joey Medina was the headliner at the Comedy Time show that I was at. Really? Yeah. Well, he's uh, he's gonna be in studio tomorrow. He's at the Laugh Factory all week. Awesome. The feature act is a guy named Drew Marks who was in a sketch. I produced a television show um, for the Nashville Network, okay. which no longer exists. I had nothing to do with the destruction of the network. Hmm. but um, And uh, we had a, a stand-up comedy show we did for that network for a short period of time, real short period of time. Uh, and Drew was actually in a sketch. I haven't seen him since then. So I told Joey, I, I said, I insist you send Drew and don't tell him it's me. So so we're going to have lots of fun here in the studio tomorrow. Oh, we're gonna get, we're gonna get in here tomorrow with those ears. You can win tickets if you play our game. What smell is this? Oh, man. That's why I don't do FM and refuse to fucking do FM. All do right, you but, refuse to do FM? You know what? Here, Here's the thing. I don't refuse. I would do. You'd be good at morning radio. You have been no, good at morning I, radio. Yeah, but I didn't enjoy it. I really didn't enjoy it. Yeah? Yeah, not at all. Um, Do you have I, any cool nicknames for your morning show? Uh, <laughs> Spunky and Weirdo. 1079 The Visic coming yeah. at you with two T's and a Tony. <laughs> I could I could stand it if the money was right. You know? Yeah, I, I would imagine the FM radio business is not what it once was anymore. It's not what it once was. So, you know, then the idea is, you know, um, do what you want. And you'll find out if you're any good at it. Mm. You know, so we, we've, we've done this setup. We are, uh, this is... Next I month. love this, by the way, the podcast yeah. and everything. It's the way to go. Yeah. I'm getting a podcast up when I I know. I, th- I think you should. I, you know, I think anything that anybody can do, not so much, you know, it's not so much to get your name out there, but that you, that you learn by, maybe you don't become the greatest podcaster in the world, but it helps inform your stand-up. Yeah. Or maybe by being a stand-up. It oh, helps. even just listening to them, yeah. There's, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there that I listen to that are, are great for that. I'm at the ama- age where I was amazed that I could plug my phone in to my car radio and listen to a podcast. It's like, good for uh, driving. It's good for driving. So uh, where are you? Pro- you say you, do you know where you're performing next? You know where you uh, where you actually got to because you you could be in one of two places this weekend. Yes, that's I how could in demand be. you are. Well, I just want to uh, Saturday. I is your birthday? Is my birthday? And how old are you going to be? I'm going to be 22 years old. Jesus Christ! I know. How old were you when I met you? I was. I had just turned 12. 18. 
I had twelve. I had just turned mm-hmm. twelve, and that was only three years ago. So Your mom had to, sign, had to sign a permission slip, and you, and you showed up with a little Flintstones lunch bucket. It I was did. So cute. Yeah, a little <laughs> little broomstick cap. Yeah, yeah, a little shorts, a little bow tie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Would it be okay if I? You were wearing a, a brophy school jacket with a little... My dad was a brophy boy. Was your dad a brophy boy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has lived his entire life in 15 square miles. Yeah. And it's incredible to me. He's a man of integrity. Now, he didn't send you to brophy, though. No, he did not. And they tried to send me to Notre Dame. That's where my sister went. Really? I put up a fit, and I went to public school like a real guy. Like a real boy. Like a real boy. There you go. And, uh, uh, you know, now she's in Portland because she had the choice of going out of state for college and yeah. i had to take what i could get at asu yeah but hey did you get an education at asu i did while well, i'm finishing up this is my last semester yeah mm-hmm well good are you last gonna, couple of last couple of credits are you gonna graduate like what is this sigma cum laud what is that sigma cum laud on my face yeah load on, <laughs> i'll be graduating sigma cum load <laughs> i think my sister might be doing that Oh, oh wow! But I'm okay. not gonna be yeah, doing, you're not that. doing that. Mm-mm. So you're gonna. So Saturday's your birthday. Saturday's my birthday. Okay, and you you could people might possibly be able to see you at one of two places. Yeah. We don't know you. You will either be at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy along with Ben Glebe. Uh, yeah, hopefully doing a guest set or something like that. Doing a guest set there, or, or you will be doing a guest set because you might be doing that Friday. Yeah. Okay. So you're gonna be at the House of Comedy one of those two nights. I hope so. Yes. Okay. Uh, but and then you may be at Vito's Restaurante. That's what that's Saturday the word night. on the street is. Sold out show already. Show sold, sold out. out. I, hey, you, don't, you don't got to tell me. The town has yeah, word man. as it the streets. Man, it's sold out, man. I sold out of Vito's. It's like a basement. It's a club in a basement, man. So um, uh, we're actually talking about doing a second show that night, doing mm. a ten o'clock show. But it's Mesa, and most people are most people are usually asleep by the end of our show anyway. Yeah. Yeah, by the time we they come out and they eat and they pass out and we just keep saying words. Yeah. For the uh, contractually allotted time. <laughs> no, they're good crowds. It's a fun place. It's because it's downstairs and the acoustics are. If you had ten, you could have ten people in there, kind of laughing, and it sounds like. Oh, I've done it. It's yeah, uh, yeah. It's it can be when people are ready for it. Yeah. Which at a sold out show is usually the case. Yeah. So we got a lot of great, great people situation. on it. And if you're available, you're going to pop down and do a showcase. We'll post up on uh, on my Facebook, on Comedy Schools, and on ComedySchools.com and ComedySchoolsRadio.com if you will be there. Uh, anything else coming up after that? Um, Tonight T- at the Rock Bar in Scottsdale. I'm doing a show. The Rock Bar in Scottsdale. I think that's what it's called. Whose show is Isn't this? That? This, is a, this is a nice lady named Hillary Hudson who actually had me do that death metal concert that I now has turned into a bit of mine on stage. Okay. Where we, I, at the Marquee Theater, they were doing a, uh, a death metal, it was death metal bands, and yeah. I had to do comedy in between the death metal bands. Are you a big death metal fan? You know, I think I'm a little too good for it at this point in my yeah. life, but I, sometime <laughs> in the future, maybe, I don't have time. What do you listen to? Um, I'll listen to pretty much... Oh, golly, what do I listen to? I'll listen to anything uh, Drake's putting out. Yeah. Like a lot of uh, the recent rap music, uh-huh. as well as some old 90s Paul Wall, maybe Mike Jones getting in there. Yeah. Um, I like just regular stuff, little little bands, little, little Tame Impala here, a little psychedelic music, put it, put it over there, you know, uh-huh. in the back pocket, pull it out when I need it. 
something something like uh, something like the Grateful Dead, but not the Grateful Dead. Fish, which I know not fish. That fish, not fish, but I don't have like some people hate people that like fish, and I have no, I have yeah. no issue with people that like fish. Harris Whittles, rest in peace, loved fish. Harris Whittles, yeah, he went to over like twenty concerts or something. Okay, as the podcasts. All right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. That's how you could find out that a a writer on Parks and Recreation went to twenty oh, fish concerts. Okay, he went. Okay, and yeah. then, and he said, "Rest in peace." Oh, he passed away last year of a heroin overdose. Uh, oh, that's right. I yeah, read about that. Very sad. Very sad. I was, uh, very I was wa- funny guy, though. I was watching a documentary on National Lampoon last night and how uh, Doug Kinney, who um, th- that magazine was so incredibly influential to American humor and, and baby boom American humor and gave birth to so many things that he died in uh, Hawaii. Uh, he was found at the bottom of a cliff. He was trying to... Uh, Chevy Chase had taken him to Hawaii because he was doing so much coke. He had made Animal House. It was a monster. He made Caddyshack, and it wasn't that big of a monster. Mm-hmm. So he went to a deep depression because it wasn't as funny as he wanted it to be. Plus, he was doing like... Which, in hindsight, Caddyshack even... But it's still like, it still holds up. People still love it. Yeah, people love it, but you kind of... It's like you the can, Harry Potter book. You, you can see the coke in that movie, too. Yes. You, oh God, it's with all those movies where there's a... F- Caddyshack has a few great, great moments, of uh-huh. which the Blues Brother... Has none. No great moments. Zero redeeming qualities about that movie. It yeah. is not funny in one part of it. Yeah. But Caddyshack's got some pretty funny stuff. Well, what Kenny made, and so he was so cool that Chevy Chase took him to Hawaii, and Chevy Chase had to come back, and then he disappeared, and he was found at the bottom of a, like a, you know, like in movies where you show like a steep cliff? Yeah. That he, that he was found at the bottom of this, this cliff. Did he? Well, no one knows. They said it was one of three things. Either he jumped, he slipped, Mm-hmm. Or it was a drug deal gone bad, and someone tossed him off. Oh man! But the Nash, the, his friends, the best joke his friend, I, one of his friends told the joke and laughed about it. And they said, they said he slipped looking for a better place to jump. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that was you know that, that, such influence. That, that was the kind of humor. To, oh, National Lampoon great. put out a magazine uh, sometime in the seventies or eighties. Had a really cute dog on it. With a gun pointed in his head, and the and on the front of the mast of the magazine, it goes, "Buy this magazine, and we'll shoot this dog," and it caused a huge uproar. But the magazine became more popular. But then later on in the '80s, they did one with a baby in a blender, and that kind of did them in. Mm. With people. And magazines started to go. But they were there's so much drug use with these talented people. There, yeah, I feel, I feel like it used to be worse. Yeah. Or at least it's gone from uppers to downers. Yeah, it has. You know what I mean? I don't think a lot of people are getting coked out anymore. Uh, the, well, you at least know, I haven't seen it. When I when I was like young, which is starting to be a long time ago, uh, in the 70s and 80s, initially we were told that coke isn't bad. Tim Matheson, who was in Animal House, uh, uh, who I met, I'm a shameless name dropper, uh, he, um, he, said, he talked about it. He goes, we were told it's not bad. Mm. It was a fun drug. It wasn't heroin. Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't one of those drugs. It just was it wasn't a, it, we were told it wasn't addictive. It's just a mild euphoria. It made sex better, made people friendlier. And you know what it did if you were going to do like a little tiny bit. It's when you started doing like a whole gram up your nose immediately or when you got to that point one night where someone goes, "You know what? By snorting it, we're wasting it." You started smoking it. That just shit got out of hand. Oh my god. And it's one of the ugliest drugs in the world. But it destroyed a lot of careers. Yeah. But you're right. Now, for your generation, it seems to be more... Uh, yeah, now it's it might as well be heroin. Or it's just at least... Well, that's not true. I've seen it a lot more than I thought it would just being in college. 
kids in college doing heroin? You just be at a party and you'll just see someone. There's always that group of kids that yeah. will be doing that stuff no yeah. matter where they are. And I didn't go to a lot of parties in college, but the ones that I did go to that seemed to be there just as much as, you know, booze and, and the other yeah. stuff. Um, but I never saw any heroin or anything like See, that. See, you didn't go to the bathroom and someone's got a spike in her arm. No, that didn't, yeah. that wasn't uh, <laughs> for pills maybe, but yeah. uh, no, I, it's definitely different now. I think most people just uh, take Adderall and smoke weed. Yeah. yeah. I think Adderall is kind of our, our Coke because it's prescribed to half of the population of children. It is. It is. I mean, you know, that's where uh, modern day uh, psychology and psychotherapy is, is kind of, uh, it's got kind of a whole new philosophy. It used to be there was talk therapy was the big thing. Yeah. But it talked, you know, for a while it was electroshock and locked people up and it was horrible. And then talk therapy really became in vogue for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now it seemed like talk therapy has gone out the window and you go and go, I'm depressed. They go take a pill. Yeah. I've got anxiety. Take a pill. Uh, and I, I, you know, if you, if you have depression or anxiety, you should definitely have it dealt with. But I think sometimes I had a friend of mine come at me one time and say, I'm, I'm depressed and I'm thinking about taking medication for it. I go, what's going on? He goes, well, my wife left me and I lost my job. And this I go, you're supposed to be depressed. You're not supposed to be happy when this shit happens. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Now, if you can't, if you can't move forward, if it paralyzes you where you're just sitting there catatonic, maybe something yeah, has to be done. But God, I think, I think at least, ha- I don't know what the numbers are, but I think at least it's got to be like 40% of the time those pills work adversely. They do. And I've, I've, or I've people I've, take too much. Of I, I've seen them work adversely. Um, and I've always chosen, uh, at least for the last 30 years, I've chosen not to take anything. I go, I'm depressed. I've got anxiety. I'm pissed off. This day I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work through this. I don't know. Maybe I would have taken a pill during a depression, and now I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> the limitless pill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something happened like that. I don't understand people doing I, – I, I do understand people doing heroin, actually. I understand the lure of that darkness, you know. But I don't understand anybody thinking – it's on the other hand, there's no good heroin stories. No, yeah, you never, you you you're either, forget you said it, but you're either doing heroin and you're about to die, or you're not doing heroin. Yeah. Not about to die, but you're on you're on the right path for it. You never, never heard any anyone just other than Ray Charles. No one has just done heroin for years and years and years and years and years and, years and then just gotten off of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, the only one. I've never. Well, there were there were you know there's a couple musicians. You're right. Uh, uh, Eric Keith Cla- Richards. Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, uh, Tom Petty, Bob Dylan. They all had yeah. their, their flirtation with heroin. But then you're talking about mega wealthy guys mm-hmm. who um, – I was talking about drinking one time with a friend of mine after I quit drinking. And I was still a little resentful. And I go, you know, some guys can drink. I go, Frank Sinatra drinks. And he goes, what was the last time Frank Sinatra had to drive his own car to the store? Mm-hmm. What was the last time he had to sit down and go, all right, we need eggs. But I'm going to get the cheaper eggs this week. You know, those people live at a certain level where – if they don't die, and after a while they can get off of it, but you never hear like a good heroin story. You never hear anybody going, "My life was shit. Nothing was going on." Doing started doing heroin, and now <laughs> I get this beautiful house up here in Greyhawk. The kids are in Brophy. Oh, would have done it earlier. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad you're not a dope man. I'm glad that you're doing the deal. Uh, you'll be moving to Los Angeles within a year or so. I will be. Yeah, this or year. New York. This ah, uh, probably L.A. Probably do L.A. Definitely L.A. Do me a favor, okay? Yeah. So here's the problem. I'm just going to say this on here. Here's a problem for uh, budding artists in the greater Phoenix area. And there's been a lot of them. Buddy uh, artists. What do you budding, mean? Budding. Budding. Oh, buddying. Budding. Budding artists. Is that if you're a kid in Cleveland and you go, my life's a nightmare, but I think there's something more for me. 
and you move to New York or Los Angeles, uh, it's not easy to go back home. Mm-hmm. If you're a kid in Florida and you go, I think there's something more for me. I'm going to go to do, or I'm going to do open mics here and then I'm going to go on the road for 10 years and get my chops that way. Um, it's not easy to go home. Financially, it's not easy. Geographically, it's not easy. For you guys, and I've seen this over and over and over, uh, it's easy to come home. Oh, I see it too. But yeah. you know what? Seeing it is the, I will, it might be easy geographically, but pride-wise, Tony, pride-wise, yeah. yeah. I will stay out there whether I am homeless or not. I will. I can't come back once I go out there. All right, so I, I'll say this to you because I, I will know you uh, if I'm around and I will be in five or 10 years, I'll know you, okay? Yeah. And if you are ever on a show of mine or, or uh, anywhere and you go, you know, man, I did the L.A. thing, and it wasn't just for me. I get to hit you. Yes. Okay. Of right. course. <laughs> I did the L.A. thing, and it just wasn't my deal. I know guys go to Los Angeles, wasn't working. They went on the road for a long time. I love that blaming L.A. thing that yeah. they do when they come yes. back from L.A. Oh, really? Was it L.A.? Yeah. I don't think it was. Yeah. It, yeah, they do that. That town, man. This town. You know, they blame it. You know. If you're not talented, I'm sure it's a, a pain in the ass to be in L.A. Well, here's the not other. to sound. I have no, I haven't tested myself in yeah. LA yet, but I hope that I have gotten enough under my feet here in the last four years to at least make a start. There are talented people who don't make it all the time. They're talented people absolutely almost, yeah. almost make it, you know. And then you have to deal with that as an individual. You know, you have to go all right. I mean, I know guys who had the development deal for the show. You know, uh, I've known the guys who had four pilots done and none of them got picked up. Mm-hmm. And then you have to deal with that. That becomes your new reality. You know, but that comes down the road. Yeah. You know, I've known the guys who were writers on a show for five years and they can never get on another show because in reality, they were very funny within the confines of that particular show. You know, I've known guys who were the best road comics. On the road, man, they sell like crazy. And then, but the uh, no TV, no movies. And you have to... You're a long way from knowing what your reality is going to be. Absolutely. But if in a few years, if I'm standing at Tempe Center for the Arts or Laugh Factory or House of Comedy or, or anywhere, Vito's in the base of Vito's, and I got a big hunk of pizza in my mouth, and you go, you know, man, I tried the LA thing, and I'm going to hit you. Okay? And I <laughs> please just, do. Okay. All right. Oh, please do. So, And by the way, for a lot of people in this town, should leave town. I think so, too. There seems to be a stigma against it sometimes, but I don't understand why. It's You know what it's stigma is? You know what it is? It's it's uh, uh, it's like the kids who want to make fun of the smart kids. Mm. It's the dumb kids making fun of the smart kids. Oh, you going to L.A., huh? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> when I first got to Los Angeles, I got I, I was I was accepted to Lee Strasberg Theater Institute, and I was I look I was a poor I, I was a poor when I moved. I had a good job, so I saved up enough money to move to Los Angeles and threw away that good job. But I was so proud and excited that I was even in that kind of proximity yeah. to this guy. You know, and uh, it was a couple of years before I got to study with him. But it was a bar next door to it. I'd sit there and drink, and there'd be these older guys hanging out there going, oh, you're going to that school, huh? Or they teach you how to be a tree? Because they teach you how to be a tree. And I go, I go, wow, I go, no, no one's teaching me how to be a fucking tree. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm studying with people who really know this. You know, forget it. Are you going to buy me a beer? Yeah, they teach me how to be a tree. Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking assholes. Buy me another beer. You know, so there was that. There's All right, man. that. We're going to wrap it up. So uh, uh, you'll see on social media sometime next 24 hours where you'll be able to see Michael this weekend, either at the House of Comedy, Arvito's. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, uh, and thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, sometime 
Before you go, sometime this year, we want to have uh, you headline the Tempe Center for the Arts. Oh, my God. Okay. Tony. All right. It'd be the best. Okay. I would love it. All right. All right. right. You're listening to This American Podcast, Comedy Edition of ComedySchoolsRadio.com. I'm Tony Visick. We'll be back in a couple of moments. I've been holding around a heart that just broke and ran away. 